The Business of Being Chris Christie. Alexandra Burson. Christie 55 Solutions earned roughly $1.3 million in federal lobbying fees from April 2020 to April 2021, according to federal records. The firm also earned more than $800,000 in consulting fees from Passera Biosciences, a pharmaceutical company with a significant presence in New Jersey. And he has earned around $400,000 a year for his work as a contributor to ABC News, according to a person familiar with the contract. Before he signed with ABC, multiple networks were interested in and were competing for Mr. Christie, another person familiar with the contract said. ABC later suspended its relationship with Mr. Christie before he began his campaign. The total value of Mr. Christie's financial ventures is difficult to tabulate, much of his work involves corporate consulting, contracts that are not generally made public. Mr. Christie, who announced his bid in early June, has not yet been required to file a personal financial disclosure, a requirement for all federal candidates. Mr. Christie's campaign declined both to comment on his finances and to disclose his post-governor clients and contracts. Former public officials from both parties regularly turned to political donors and corporate allies to make money. Former President Barack Obama earned $400,000 in a single speech from a Wall Street firm months after leaving office and later signed a production deal with Netflix, whose founder, Reed Hastings, is a major Democratic donor. The 2024 GOP Presidential Candidates Card 1 of 8 Donald Trump The former president is running to retake the office he lost in 2020. Though somewhat diminished in influence within the Republican Party and facing several legal investigations, he retains a large and committed base of supporters and he could be aided in the primary by multiple challengers splitting a limited anti-Trump vote. Ron DeSantis The combative governor of Florida, whose official entry into the 2024 race was spoiled by a glitch-filled livestream over Twitter, has championed conservative causes and thrown a flurry of punches at America's left. He provides Trump the most formidable Republican rival he has faced since the former president's ascent in 2016. Chris Christie the former governor of New Jersey, who was eclipsed by Trump in the 2016 Republican primary, is making a second run for the White House, setting up a rematch with the former president. Christie has positioned himself as the GOP hopeful who is most willing to attack Trump. Mike Pence the former vice president, who was once a stalwart supporter of Trump but split with him after the January 6 attack, launched his campaign with a strong rebuke of his former boss. An evangelical Christian whose faith drives much of his politics, Pence has been notably outspoken about his support for a national abortion ban. Tim Scott the South Carolina senator, who is the first black Republican from the South elected to the Senate since Reconstruction, has been one of his party's most prominent voices on matters of race. He is campaigning on a message of positivity steeped in religiosity. Nikki Haley The former governor of South Carolina, who was a UN ambassador under Trump, has presented herself as a member of a new generation of leadership and emphasized her life experience as a daughter of Indian immigrants. 
She was long seen as a rising GOP star, but her allure in the party has declined amid her on-again, off-again embrace of Trump. Vivek Ramaswamy the multi-millionaire entrepreneur describes himself as anti-woke and has made a name for himself in right-wing circles by opposing corporate efforts to advance political, social and environmental causes. He has promised to go farther down the road of ruling by fiat than Trump would or could. More GOP Candidates Mayor Francis Suarez of Miami, Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and the conservative talk radio host Larry Elder have also launched long-shot bids for the Republican presidential nomination. Read more about the 2024 candidates. No modern president comes close to Mr. Trump's voluminous record of conflicts of interest, allegations of self-dealing and post-presidential deal-making that marked the Trump administration and its afterlife. His entanglements have spawned continued interest on the part of ethics experts, watchdog groups and federal prosecutors who have issued subpoenas for information about his business dealings in foreign countries during his time in the White House. The grift from this family is breathtaking, Mr. Christie said at a recent town hall on CNN. While Mr. Christie's own business ties don't match Mr. Trump's, they may test how far one more norm has been eroded in the Trump era, registering as a lobbyist, a card-carrying member of the so-called swamp, has long been viewed as tantamount to retiring from electoral politics. Ambitious politicians typically tried to put distance between the public office and the private interests they're serving, said Virginia Cantor, the chief ethics counsel at the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, a nonpartisan watchdog group. But if he's got all of these other adjacent interests, Ms. Cantor said of Mr. Christie, how impartial can you be? The George Washington of legalized gaming. Retaining Mr. Christie was a natural move for DraftKings. As governor, he had been a leading force in the push to overturn the federal law that barred sports betting in most states. In 2018, when the Supreme Court decision in the case initially known as Christie v. National Collegiate Athletic Association allowed states to legalize sports gambling, the industry rushed to push laws in states that would allow them to cash in on a new market. Weeks after the court's ruling, Mr. Christie was the keynote speaker at a conference a gambling industry group hosted for state legislators in New Orleans, where he criticized sports leagues that had opposed expanding gambling. At the time, Mr. Christie was a consultant for Scientific Games, a lottery company that was part of a consortium that had won big when he privatized the New Jersey State Lottery operations in 2013. The company was now seeking Mr. Christie's advice on expanding into sports betting. Mr. Christie was paid more than $30,000 a month by Scientific Games, according to a person with knowledge of the arrangement who requested anonymity because the person was not authorized to discuss the contract. DraftKings also put Mr. Christie on a monthly retainer and then sent him to speak to state legislators, although he did not register as a state lobbyist. Mr. Christie initially had broad appeal. His blue state republicanism made him popular with moderate lawmakers in the Northeast and Midwest, and his ties to then-President Trump gave him credibility with more right-wing legislators. Having the George Washington of legalized gaming in the U.S. was obviously something we thought would be helpful, said Jeremy Cooden, who worked for DraftKings and a rival, FanDuel, on joint lobbying efforts at the time and now runs a gambling industry trade association. 
and his relationship with Trump we thought would be helpful. But in late 2020, just as the sports gambling industry focused its lobbying efforts on conservative southern states, Mr. Christie broke with Mr. Trump over the president's false claims of a stolen election, and DraftKings stopped deploying him. A spokesman for the company declined to comment. An $800,000 New Jersey connection. Mr. Christie has also worked closely with, and for, the pharmaceutical industry, one of the biggest economic drivers in his state. Just months after leaving office, Mr. Christie was tapped by Mr. Trump to lead the President's Commission on Opioids, giving him a prominent national post on an issue he had made a major focus of his second term as governor. Among the industry executives the Commission brought in to testify was David Stack, the chief executive of Passera Biosciences. Mr. Stack pressed for a change in Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement policies, arguing, along with some policy experts, that the programs created incentives for doctors to prescribe opioids instead of non-opioid painkillers and other treatments that are less addictive. The Commission included Mr. Stack's suggestions in its final report, and in 2018, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services changed their policies for non-opioid treatments for pain, citing the recommendation from the Christie-led Commission. The change benefited just one drug on the market at the time, Experil, made by Passera. That same year, in 2018, Passera paid $481,000 to Christie 55 Solutions for consulting work. In 2019, Passera put Mr. Christie on its board and paid his firm $320,000, according to filings, with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The reports did not offer any further details, and the company did not respond to questions about the payments. As of June 2022, Mr. Christie owned 3,486 Passera Biosciences shares worth $207,034. Mr. Christie has said he was not employed by Passera while serving on the Opioids Commission. Sarah Marino, a spokeswoman for the company, said Mr. Christie provided Passera with valuable insight and guidance as it sought to provide an opioid alternative to as many patients as appropriate. Mr. Christie has continued to consult for drug companies. In April, he joined the advisory board for Cytogel Pharma, a company testing a new non-opioid pain reliever in clinical trials. Dean Maglaris, the chief executive of Cytogel, said Mr. Christie had helped connect the young company with industry experts and government officials. Being from New Jersey, which is the, probably the state with the largest population of pharmaceutical companies, he has put us in contact with people that he knows. Mr. Maglaris said. Mr. Christie also helped connect the company with folks in the federal government who have an abiding interest in solving the addiction crisis. Negotiating with Justice Mr. Christie, a former federal prosecutor, also got involved in a high-profile money laundering case. Mr. Christie was hired by Joe Lowe, a Malaysian businessman who had been indicted in 2018 on money laundering and bribery charges and was living as a fugitive. At the time, the U.S. government had seized hundreds of millions of dollars in assets tied to Mr. Lowe and Associates. Mr. Christie never registered in court as an attorney for Mr. Lowe, but he worked behind the scenes to negotiate a deal with Justice Department lawyers. Mr. Lowe ultimately forfeited nearly all of the seized assets, with the exception of $15 million in payments to Mr. Christie and two law firms. 
The payout raised eyebrows among other lawyers involved. They saw it as a hefty sum for the legal work performed, but ultimately the Justice Department agreed to it, because the priority was to make sure Mr. Loeb did not have access to the money himself, according to people with knowledge of the negotiations. Although Mr. Christie had been using his connections in the Trump administration as a consultant for years, he did not register as a federal lobbyist until June 2020, shortly after the pandemic hit. As Congress passed several bills to help both businesses and healthcare providers, several major healthcare networks, all in New Jersey, hired Christie 55 Solutions, Atlantic Health System, RWJ Barnabas Health and Hackensack Meridian Health each paid the firm $200,000 for a little less than a year's work. Christie 55 Solutions, whose small staff included Mr. Christie's wife, Mary Pat Christie, and Rich Bagger, his former chief of staff, closed its federal lobbying shop in late 2021. Seeing opportunity at home. As he used his sway in Washington, Mr. Christie kept one foot in New Jersey. Both Mr. and Mrs. Christie joined a real estate venture with a New Jersey developer, John Hansen, a longtime political ally and fundraiser for Mr. Christie's campaigns. Mr. Christie's involvement was announced in 2019 as the enterprise, named the Hampshire Christie Qualified Opportunity Fund, set out to find investors for real estate developments taking advantage of federal opportunity zones, a Republican-backed tax program intended to benefit low-income neighborhoods. The Trump administration program has been criticized as a windfall for wealthy developers. The Christies are investor partners in the fund and Mrs. Christie has helped raise some of the money, Mr. Hansen told The Times. Carl Rickett, a spokesman for the Christie campaign, said the former governor was never involved in the fund as a senior advisor or in any other capacity and that the venture was entirely a project of Mrs. Christie's. The fund has raised $80 million of its $250 million goal for three luxury housing and retail projects in Hackensack, New Jersey, and a new London, Connecticut, storage facility that will be developed by the firm Mr. Hansen founded, according to Mr. Hansen. When the fund was first publicized, Mrs. Christie promoted her husband's involvement as an advantage, saying he would use his connections to smooth the path with New Jersey mayors, town councils, and zoning boards. Nobody really knows New Jersey as well as Chris, because he's been at the helm for the last eight years, she said to the Wall Street Journal at the time. Mr. Hansen, however, has said that has not happened. Mr. Christie has not been involved at the local level, he said. Kenneth P. Vogel contributed reporting. Kinney Bennett contributed research.